This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the show. LSU baseball off a couple of back-to-back shutout wins in the midweek. And now they prepare for a very big series against SEC West leading Texas A&M. They'll be without Daniel Cabrera, Paul Maneri telling us that affirmatively on Sports Talk here on WWL earlier tonight. But a big series, nevertheless, they get it back at the box at home. What's going to happen here? LSU going to vault themselves back into the top of the SEC West standings. They're going to fall back a little bit. Now let's talk a little LSU baseball with Hunt Palmer, at Hunt Palmer 88 on Twitter, host for the LSU Sports Radio Network for LSU football and expert on all things LSU. Hunt, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. Baseball's in the air, which is a good thing for me, and uh, all things are well. How are you? It's great, and I'll tell you, all things are well for LSU. No more uh, midweek struggles anymore. Just back-to-back shutouts for the first time in a couple of years, huh? Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody's going to jump for joy about a 2 nothing win over South Alabama, but winning is good. And uh, this town tends to turn upside down for literally no reason when they lose a midweek game, so... Um, they did a really good job of pitching in the midweek. They were worried about that. The Kind of the mantra of the program is we're not going to play two midweek games before an SEC weekend because we know what's important. But when you get a South Alabama rain out early in the year, you got to find a place to put it. So they had to put it in front of this. And with the state of the staff in terms of the injuries, it was a concern entering those two games. But the pitchers really performed well um, and, uh, and got them through two games. And, uh, and they won them and now on to A&M. And Mikhail Hilliard just looked fantastic again yesterday, and well, he's looked good here for a season and a half in a Tigers uniform. The kid's—he's overshadowed by a lot of the talent here, Hunt, and maybe for a good reason. But he, he seems to be pretty special too. Yeah, I think he looked great last night. You're exactly right. Uh, the cutter was really sharp, and the, of course, you know the breaking ball is going to be there, and that's important. The most important thing, especially the state of this LSU staff right now, is that he feels good. And he said after the game he feels as good as he has since the end of the year last year against Auburn, where, of course, he, he outdueled Casey Mize, who was the one picking the draft. So, yeah, it was great that he looked good, and LSU's going to need him. But the fact that he feels good is probably more important. So you put those two things together, he's going to have a big role in this team moving forward. I think he'll potentially pitch out of the bullpen at some point this weekend. Uh, only three innings yesterday. They're going to try to stretch him out as he uh, gets back to full strength here. Um, is Is – is he a guy in your mind, Hunt, that can be a and really? I'm not talking about an additional piece on this team, but a critical piece to this team and this program going forward. When a lot of fans, again, you talk about all the the young talent on this team, and a lot of fans still aren't talking about Mikael Hilliard. Do you think that perhaps he can be one of those great LSU you know pitchers that we talk about uh, down the road? He's not Nola or Lang or Gosman or Renato or any of those guys, but he absolutely can be a huge piece to this team. I have always thought, looking at his stuff, that he is an excellent bullpen piece. And because of the injuries and, and really the, the way the roster shaped up last year, he had to step up and be what essentially amounted to their most consistent starting pitcher the last half of the year. But that's not – when LSU's at their best, Mikhail Hilliard is not one of their top two pitchers. But absolutely, 
he fits the profile of a guy who can come in in the sixth or seventh inning when LSU needs a strikeout or a ground ball or maybe they need to get six outs. And he can do that against just about anybody because that cutter and that, that curveball, the first time you see him, are very difficult to deal with. And so, yeah, I think he fits right into this bullpen. I think right now Devin Fontenot is your closer. You're trying to get Todd Peterson right, and he'll be a big factor in the bullpen. You feel good about what you've got with Matthew Beck most of the time, but absolutely Mikhail Hilliard fits right in in the bullpen. And I'm okay with him getting the first six or nine outs on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and staying sharp and, and, and keeping extended, which they may need at some point. But absolutely, I see him as a, a, a bullet in the bullpen um, when when things really matter in SEC play and in postseason play. I faced the minimum yesterday, five strikeouts in those three innings. Daniel Cabrera is injured. We heard Paul Maneri on Sports Talk on our station tonight saying he won't play this week. What do we know about Daniel? He's got tendonitis in his wrist. It's been bothering him since Christmas, and it, it reached a point last weekend where he was striking out and you know, he's not a big strikeout guy, and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't really grip the bat. And he finally had to go to Palmineri and say, I, I, don't, I can't play. Um, we got to fix this. So he had some work done this weekend um, to try to, to, to numb that pain. You know, tendonitis is not going to go away. You're not going to have surgery on it. You just need rest. And he's, I think, probably for maybe the remainder of the season, going to have to limit his swings. If that means not taking BP on Monday, he won't. If that means not playing against UNO or Nichols on a Tuesday, he won't. Um, but when they need him on the weekend, they're going to try to get him some at-bats. It's just it's a pain tolerance and a rest thing, unfortunately, and, and we'll see where it goes. It's, it sucks, to be quite honest, because he's probably the best hitter on this team. Um, but it's not something that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. They've just got to watch it. Hunt Palmer talking a little LSU baseball with us here, and one of the best hitters in LSU history, and maybe in SEC history, college-wise anyways, Antoine Duplantis has been moved back to the top of the order, looked good last weekend, looked good again during the midweek game. Seems pretty comfortable up top uh, here, Hunt. He's pretty much comfortable wherever you put him. He's hit a lot of places in his, uh, in his four years at Baton Rouge, and he, he just puts the barrel on it. And now he's mixed a little bit of power in, which is great to see. And, you know, he's not going to finish the year as the all-time SEC hits leader because Jake Mangum has kind of run off and hit and five more hits last night. But he still has a chance to, to break Eddie Furness's record, and uh, I think he's got a real good chance to do that, actually. So he's a huge piece of this offense, and he's got to be a key cog wherever they hit him. I like him in the one hole. Benary loves him in the three hole because he, he gets a lot of singles with guys on base. But I think right where he is right now in the one hole is just fine. They're going to need him against Texas A&M. Uh, A&M leads the SEC West by a half game. LSU's right there. Could possibly retake the SEC West lead with a series victory. But, Hunt, they haven't beaten Texas A&M in a series in a few years here. I think three consecutive series A&M has defeated LSU. Uh, what's the re- Is it just some weird you know, confluence of events here? Does, does Texas A&M really have LSU's numbers? What's been going on in these series? Well, I mean, the two of those are in College Station. That's obviously a tough place to play. And then two years ago when LSU had that great team that they went to the finals. Uh, Caleb Gilbert gives up a, a three-run homer in the ninth inning of game three uh, to, to essentially lose that series. LSU probably outplayed him that weekend, but, but one big hit spun it. A&M's a good team, and uh, it'll be a great weekend this weekend. The, the, the concern you have this weekend if you're LSU is that Texas A&M has a really good one-two punch atop their rotation. John Doxakis is a junior lefty who's got great stuff. His strikeout to walk like 53-5. to five. Uh, he's really good, and then you're going to see sophomore 
um, Asa Lacey on, on Saturday, and he's another lefty whose ERA is under one and a half. And then you look at LSU's lineup and you go, Antoine Planis is left-handed, and Josh Smith is left-handed, and Chris Reed is left-handed, and Kay Belosa is left-handed, and B.J. Willis is left-handed. And you're the top, your, your heavy hitters are left-handed, even with Cabrera, who's left-handed, out. you got Watson on the right side, but the rest of your right side is, is Brock Mathis and Hal Hughes and Brad Broussard, who don't give you anything on offense. So the matchup is not great. You look back at Kentucky's ace, Zach Thompson, who's left-handed, who carved LSU up. Zach Hess outdueled him. You win one to nothing. You look back to last uh, Thursday, Ethan Small from Mississippi State strikes out 10 and really overmatched LSU after Cabrera's homer uh, from the left side, so that's not great. LSU has struggled a little bit with elite left-handers. If you look at the stats, LSU's batting average against left-handed pitching is okay. I'm just looking at the really good ones, which LSU is going to face this weekend, and that matchup doesn't favor the Tigers, so they got to figure out how to square the ball up against the left-handed pitching staff that's coming in with some really good one-two punch. You take the temperature of this LSU team uh, a bit through the SEC conference play. Uh, do you share major concerns like a lot of the fan base does? Are you kind of, a, well, it's early in the season, uh, re- well, relatively early in the conference season anyways. So, you know, R-E-L-A-X, to quote Aaron Rodgers, where do you fall here taking the temperature of the, the Tigers? Team? Well, it's just funny because that's where, the, I mean, it's, it's just the nature of this fan base. It's like the Alabama football fan <laughs> yeah. base, like the Kentucky basketball fan base. If it's not perfect, it's not right. And you look up <laughs> – they faced two top five teams on the road uh, the last two weeks, and they're 6-3 and three in the league, a half a game out of first place in the West. I mean, they're in a pretty good spot, and it hasn't been perfect all the time, and, and Zach Hess wasn't great last weekend, but you know, they're, in a, they're in a good spot, and it changes every single day, depending on if you get a big win or lose in this league. It's just the nature of this fan base. So I tend to think there are some flaws in this team. I think their infield depth is poor. Um, you know, uh, they don't have an answer at second base or at catcher right now. Uh, their pitching staff is injured, and Hess is not an elite number one starter. He has the ability to do that, which he did against Kentucky and Georgia. But he's not that every single weekend, which is what Lang and Nola were to the, to the, for the most part. So I'm, I'm ready to admit there are some flaws in this team, but – I also will point to the fact that Maneri's teams, generally speaking, play better towards the end. There are some pieces who are ready to come back, we hope, at some point, and Marceau and Hill, Costello, maybe even Stores. I mean, there's there's potential for this team to get better, but they're still in a really good spot, and they're at home for A&M, and then they go to Missouri next week. Now, Missouri's got some good arms, but LSU can win up there, so – Six and three through three weeks after those two, you know, absolute gauntlet of road trips, they're they're in a pretty good spot. But it's not uh, they're not playing as well as they can. So you got to hope that uh, eventually they kick it into gear. Does that grate on the coaching staff and the players? This really critical fan base is that wear on them throughout their seasons and their careers? You know, I covered some teams. I think some players are aware of it. And I think some are totally not. Uh, and it's just kind of a case-by-case basis. Paul Maneri does not pull punches. Um, I've covered some coaches at LSU. Like Johnny Jones and Les Miles never said anything. Every game was important. And uh, your your team was playing great. And we'll get back to work. And then, you know, Paul Maneri, and, and to an extent like Will Wade's kind of like this, it, it's 
they'll tell you, Paul Maneri goes, our goal is to get to Omaha, and we're now a half game up, and I think we need to get to 20 wins to get to Omaha, but we're on pace for that. you got to go home and take care of business two out of three. And he walks his kids through that, and they know that when they sign up to play for LSU, it's not going to be in front of 300 people who are just happy to be out at the ballpark and have a, have a hot dog with their kid. Like, it's a pressure cooker, and they all know that, and Paul Maneri preaches that. But I don't think that it's it's such a, you know, pressure cooker that they can't climb out of it. I, I think everyone's okay with it. It's Hunt Palmer, host on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Hunt's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Enjoy this weekend's game, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sure will. Sounds good. Be sure to follow Hunt on Twitter, at HuntPalmer88, and LSU Texas A&M starts tomorrow right here on WWL 630, the pregame. 7 o'clock, the first pitch Saturday. It's Final Four coverage on the station, and the LSU game will be on our sister station, Hot 92.9, Sunday back here on the Big Stick, 1.30, the pregame, 2 o'clock, first pitch. We'll take a break. Back with your calls here, LSU baseball fans. What you got? What do you think about LSU Texas A&M? What do you think about these midweek games? Mikhail here, everything we discussed, 504-260-1870. That's area code 504-260-1870. Back after this on The Last Lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.